Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting about diet culture with our guest, Brandy O'Neill. We also tackle fat phobia, the wellness industry, and the privilege that ties it all together. Stay tuned. Hi, Megan. Hi. How are you surviving? Uh, it's been kind of a day here at my house. I think it's just, um, you know, it's been many months. It's been many, many moons, as some might say. Being in my house with my children. Uh-huh, and your husband. <laughs> and everybody working from home and doing school from home. And all of the outside stress from the... Our country being a hot ass mess. It's just, there's a lot going on. There is kind of a lot, it's yeah. Just like a lot happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. It's it has felt. I mean, what we're like heading towards a year of this bullshit. So it's fine. Everything is fine. It's weird because I kind of like sometimes it's almost like I forget that all of this is happening. Mm-hmm. And Do you then, just, like, forget the before? A little bit. It's kind of just like, well, this is just life, and this is what we've always done, Yeah. right? I <laughs> like, have a hard time when I watch TV or movies, and they, like, act normal, or there's, like, a bunch of people packed into a small space, or they're, like, yes. hugging strangers, and I get this, like, <gasps> don't do that, and then I'm like, oh, no, that, that, that's, that's, that's no- normal, quote normal. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's definitely trippy. Mm-hmm. So I, the idea of just just like getting on an airplane and going to a place and just like getting off the plane and wandering around, like those are things that we used to just do. So weird. Yeah, and I'm really confused by the people who are just doing it, and it, that would be a, a a really long tangent for this episode, so let's move on. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll walk down that road some other time, but <laughs> in the meantime, um, not saying that we are trying to completely ruin everyone's New Year's resolutions with our episode last week about minimalism and then this week's episode, but maybe we are. I, it, you guys can decide that for yourselves, but... Every year, January rolls around and we are bombarded with ads about diet products. Social media influencers are discussing their weight loss secrets. And, you know, you'll even see posts from friends about how this is the year that they are going to finally drop the weight. But is this diet rhetoric more harmful than it is helpful? To explore this topic, we've invited back our friend Brandy O'Neill. You know her as our favorite plant lady, but she also has a lot to say on the topic of diet culture, and we are excited to dive into this with her. Brandy, welcome back. Hi, you beautiful ladies. Oh, hello. I'm so excited to be here. I have my tea and my water, and I'm just like told Art to to go put some headphones in so he can't hear me working because that makes me anxious. <laughs> Last time we talked, you had just like moved into your house and you were standing while we recorded. No, I was Please. still I was still in our teeny tiny apartment. Oh, that's right. It was 
600 and some square feet. So all I got to say is I'm so glad that the um, pandemic waited at least a month. I mean, I don't want it to be here at all, but at least it waited a month because I don't know if we would still be married. I feel that. So to that end, you were here in January of 2020 to teach us everything we needed to know about being good plant ladies. Be sure to check out episode 16 for that. Um, But tell our listeners a little bit about what you have been up to since then. It's been a year. So we got our new house. Yay. Yay! I am still not fully unpacked, and honestly, I doubt I ever will be. I don't know why I keep telling myself, like, not this time, Brandy. You're really going <laughs> to get it together. I'm not. Like, if you saw my office, it's like 75% of the way there. Uh, and it may stay this way for a while until I have some sort of, like, really motivated friend to come make me do it. We've lived in our house for five years, and there are definitely still things that are not unpacked so god this is why i love you because you're just like me <laughs> and and we we are very similar and but now that megan is in town and she's much better organizing than i am we actually have a date next week for her to come get my ass organized oh. i'm afraid i'm scared but it's fine it'll be fine after all of the craziness megan you can come and help me get my ass together because Excellent. <laughs> I really, I have so many cute things that are just hanging out in boxes, so I need it to get on the wall. Yes, but yeah, so I'm in my house, kind of trying to unpack. I got a new cat because I don't know, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So cute. She is really cute. Cashew. I love Cashew. Yeah. Oh, I have another one. It's Midge. I have Midge now. You haven't what? seen any pictures of her. I know. It's a secret. <gasps> it's like I just had a secret baby. I remember last year, though, it was at the time last year where Art was like, we're not getting another cat. And we're all like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And now you have another cat. This is amazing. (laughs) So we we lost our old girl, but that was expected. She was very old. She lived a very, very good life. And I was just checking out Pet Finder. I wasn't really going to find a cat, but... As you do. As you do, (laughs) when you damn well know you're going to get a cat. Um And I saw her little picture, and she's also CH, which is like a, um, a neurological condition that Cashew has. And we went and met her, and she's just the sweetest. She, like, suckles on your shirt all the time. And, I mean, she's also a total disaster, but we love her. I mean, it's par for the course in your house. So, is she also wobbly? She's wobbly, yep. Yep. Oh she's gosh. a little... They're both very mild, but um, I, I adore it. Like, it's... I love them. They're just the sweetest little kitties. Aww. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, I, I want to talk about cats the entire time, but that's not what we're yes. here for. <laughs> Rude. Sorry. I would totally just be like, let's just talk about our pets today. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so I would like to be scheduled for that uh, for that episode. Absolutely, we need to make it happen. So, Brandy, can you share with us about your relationship to diet culture and how it has affected your life? When I was in about the first or second grade is when I started to gain weight. Other than that, I looked like your uh, society-based normal child. Like, I was thin, I was little. Um, So I started gaining weight. It wasn't a thyroid problem. (laughs) So everyone's like, it must be a thyroid problem. It was not. Um, my parents first put me on Weight Watchers when I was in third grade, which I think would make me around, I was going to figure this out, like eight-ish, eight years old, um, which I think is probably your, my first 
really big dive into the whole diet culture thing. I mean, I was three. I was allowed to have a shake for breakfast, for lunch. I was allowed to eat Weight Watchers brand cheese puffs or pretzels with a half a sandwich. And then for dinner, I had to eat a frozen meal. And they were not great. I mean, I don't think they're great now, but they're way better than they were at that point in time when... They being Weight Watchers? Yeah. Like, ugh. I mean, frozen meals in general were pretty bad in the 80s and early 90s. I mean, I vividly remember, like, loving when it was my night to do dishes because I could sneak food, like, hoping that everyone didn't eat all the dinner. And it's not like I grew up in some... I mean, I grew up, like, lower a middle class, but, like, it wasn't that my parents couldn't feed me. It's that they thought that this was what I needed, and it wasn't. And you wanted to eat something besides Weight Watchers brand pretzels. Yeah, I wanted to eat my mom's macaroni and cheese. So, like, I have a very vivid memory. Like, I remember being in the kitchen eating, while everyone's eating my mom's mac and cheese, my favorite meal, I was eating some weird, gloppy, microwaved thing, And I remember thinking, like, this is going to be so great because tonight's my dish night and I can eat all of, like, the crusted on cheese and noodles on the side of the dish. Which is the best part. And then my stepdad, who I will say my stepdad is a a jerk, um, he was like, I I soaked the dish so you couldn't have anything to, like, try to eat. (sighs) I wish you could see my face right now. And I think about this and I'm like, I was eight. Eight? Who talks to an eight-year-old like that? I mean, he did, but um, that's a that's a whole other subject. Um, so, because of that, like, I've just always had a very weird relationship with my body. Um, obviously, it was I was going to be overweight. I wasn't going to wake up. I wasn't going to be a fairy princess. I wasn't going to pray to God to wake up to look like someone else. Like this is who I was. So then I started learning to try to make it work for me. I got my sense of humor, work on the self-deprecating humor because, hey, if I'm really funny and people like me, they're not gonna be mean to me. And if I can make a joke about what I look like, they can't make that joke back to me. Um, You know, which evolves into an adult (laughs) having a weird relationship with food. You know, I'm an emotional eater. I lack self-esteem at time, at times. Um, and I think, I think honestly, it's not just diet culture or diet or, you know, any of that. I think part of it too is mental health. I think I need to learn, well, I, I am in the process of learning. I go to therapy, but I, I think working on your mental health can help you achieve a happiness in a way that being thin or thinking that you want to be thin would ever do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because there's lots of thin people that are desperately unhappy. Right, and 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 the other beef that I have with diet culture is that it pushes like guilt and fear over the everything that we're consuming, whether it be like it's our food, is it organic, is it good enough, is it healthy enough, is it rainbowy enough? To what type of exercises are you doing? Are you are do you own a Peloton? Do you jog on the street? Do you still do sweat into the oldies, like? It takes all of that and it, it it punishes us with our food and our exercise instead of letting us realize that food and exercise are things to help our body. It's self-care. It's things that we should do because we love our body, not things that we do because we hate ourselves. Right. It's not like you're, you don't need to – you shouldn't have to exercise 
to earn your food. Exactly. And and food also, it drives me crazy when people say that something is like sinful. Yes. Or like a guilty pleasure food. Like, no, it's food. It, you should just be able to eat your food. Yeah, like I should be able to eat food whenever I want. And I don't need to explain to you why I want to have a hamburger today and a salad tomorrow. Like, I do the things I, I do because I want to, not because someone is trying to tell me what is best for me based mm-hmm. on whatever weird-ass philosophy they're, you know, they're trying to peddle. <laughs> right. You right. should get to enjoy your mom's homemade mac and cheese without anybody making you feel like shit about it. Exactly. So if the, let's talk about the wellness industry for a bit because it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, and I think it really feeds off of fear and fat phobia. Yeah, I get so incredibly frustrated at the entire basis of the wellness industry. First of all, I think that people hear the term wellness industry and they think like mom and pa vitamin shop. Like, no, it's a $4.5 trillion industry. <laughs> like, it's not, it is not some hippy dippy, like, I just want you to like take your vitamins, man. Like, no. No, 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 no. This is a well-marketed, well-oiled machine making $4.5 trillion, which is a crap ton of money. Basically based on the idea that if you try hard enough, you can become a perfect, which does not exist, example of health. Um, And, you know, this industry is literally everything from the supplements to yoga studios to to gyms to makeup to 75% of what MLMs are selling. (laughs) Like, it's literally everything and it's just it's overwhelming at times it's thrown in your face all of the time mm-hmm. and you know the, the fat phobia part of it is people don't like fat bodies and I'm not saying that like you know I know there's gonna people who be like not me I love fat bodies like listen people basically don't like fat bodies they fear it they fear it on other people they fear it on themselves and it's what the industry like the wellness industry literally thrives off of so I wrote a little note to myself to tell a story about like like I think of Lizzo a lot because randomly she comes on my TikTok all the time too but she puts on a bikini and people are like oh that's disgusting some people and (laughs) It's like people are annoyed that she has the audacity to do something that she just wants to do. How dare she? Exactly. And it's it's literally no one's job to make you feel comfortable. So if you have an issue with seeing someone in a bikini that looks different than what you look like or what you think is standard, like they don't need to change that to make you feel better. And that's a huge one for me because I think that people don't understand sometimes why they have reactions like sometimes you need to sit down and figure out why something bothers you so much instead of immediately reacting or or immediately defending why you feel the way you do sit down unpack it why why does it make you feel so uncomfortable and like you know because people hate fat bodies and diet culture is like hell yeah like that's something we can use it's literally just a cycle that like goes around in a circle Mm mm-hmm I think I think it's interesting here is that we're having this 
come to Jesus moment about this for when it comes to racism, right? Yeah. Um, you know, with the Floyd, with Floyd's murder last year and everything that happened after that, like we're having a real moment of like, what does it mean to be anti-racist? Was it, what does it mean to really dig deep and, um, look at ourselves and look at how we react to other people but yet we're not there with what with diet culture and the wellness industry and fat phobia and any of this stuff and i i think that we're also not there with um disabilities i think that fat phobia and ableism are things that we're just like not our society is not ready to... It's kind of like we're... They're still kind of okay with it. Right. Um, and... I, I understand that it's, like, overwhelming sometimes to, to make changes, especially when stuff is, like, so ingrained in you, and there are things that you might say that you don't even realize could be offensive to someone else. So my big thing of 2020 was trying to, to, to use less ableist language... Um, which is really hard because you say things all the time that are ableist and you don't realize it. And like, whatever, you, you, you move on, you learn, you grow, you change. But like, I find that people still think it's totally cool um, to pretend that they're concerned with your health when it comes to your weight. And, like, you don't get to have an opinion based on other people's health based on the way they look. And, like, that's just it. Like, that's a sentence. You don't get to think that you are some sort of savior by coming up to a fat person being like, did you know that those french fries you are eating contain a lot of calories? Like, bitch, shut up. I want to eat french fries. Who doesn't? You don't. (laughs) get to talk to me about anything. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's the thing that annoys right. me the most is this fake concern with health because you wouldn't do the same to a skinny person. You wouldn't walk yeah. up to someone who was thin, who was eating French fries. In fact, you'd probably be like, oh my gosh, look at you eating French fries. Right. Like, why is it okay for a skinny person to eat an entire pizza, but a fat person isn't allowed to have a slice without being like, did you know that that has a lot of calories? No, thanks. That's the first time I've heard that in my life. Thank you for telling me. Oh my gosh. This is brand new information. Exactly. But no, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's also fairly classist, like the way that diet culture kind of like ingrains itself. Like, let's take a look at anytime you, you know, you want to talk about what your best supplements are, your best everything. It's like fancy, fancy, expensive, expensive. And People are like, don't you want to do the best thing for your health? I do. But if I can't pay my rent, I can't buy your expensive vitamins. Like, don't try to guilt me into doing things just because you're thinking it's the best. Like, just because you have the money to to do something and you have the money to to do this, it doesn't mean that everyone else does. Right. I think it comes down to the same thing with, like, when people are like, oh, if you – if you just cooked from home, you would, like, be so much healthier and be so much better for your whole family. And you're like, you know what? Some people don't have the money because cooking at home is expensive. And it takes time. And, and if it you're takes time that you might not have. jobs, 
And it's cheaper to go buy a fucking burger. Right. Well, you know, I always say, like, people are like, you know, buying organic food isn't that expensive. I'm like, all right, let's say you have $10 to feed yourself for a week. Are you going to buy 10 $1 pot pies, which is a pretty round out meal, or are you going to go buy some organic broccoli and a couple of apples and maybe some bread? Like, you're not going to go buy something that's going to feed you for two days when you can buy 10 pot pies. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and and I, I get it. That can be a whole other issue based on, you know, are people making enough money in the world? Like, but that is a problem that we have. So you can't push your your views and say to someone you're not doing the best you can do because you don't agree with me and you don't want to do the same things I do right. I'm sorry but like some people can't afford to live the way that you do it's all it's a, such a systemic issue it's just yet another systemic problem and we're not willing to look at the root of so much of it also I just the one thing that I think I need to get out because it just bugs me so much Say it. is this concept of natural, the concept of natural um, being better for you, that Western medicine is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, big pharma is bad. Look how much money they make. Yeah, well, the wellness industry makes $4.5 trillion too. So again, it's you're, it's not some mom and pop organization here. Like, that's a well-oiled machine. And I think Mm -hmm. that people get on this, I think a lot of people have issues with control. So the diet is the one thing that they can control. And I think it leads to like obsession and it leads to unhealthy views about food and medicine. And like natural remedies can be great and they likely worked very well for the time that they were popular. But further research and medication sometimes shows that that's like not really the case now. Like maybe it worked well in... 1850 but now it's 2021 and we have medicine that can help you a hell of a lot better right I get this a lot because I have an autoimmune disease and I am on some like pretty strong medications that literally keep me alive they keep my colon from rupturing which would kill me um that's not that's not an exaggeration and there's a lot of like oh well if you just did this and you just cut out gluten and you just did you know took this supplement and blah 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 you wouldn't have to be on the Remicade anymore and I'm like you don't know that like mind your own business I think that we've gotten really obsessed with um this old-fashioned like we've become romanticized by the past oh mm-hmm. if you just did this and this and like we just all lived like we did when we were cave people everything would be better <laughs> it probably wouldn't first of all what would our lifespan have been like that also oh we'd all be dead already yeah we'd all be dead <laughs> the three of us would be gone <laughs> stop romanticizing the past like world you're right. allowed to exist like i understand that there are issues in this world with medication i understand that there's an opioid crisis and, and again that's another tangent i could go off on But, like, for the most part, I feel like we've made some pretty good advances that have kept us around. Like, you're old enough to be yammering on your mouth about, like, what we should be eating. Like, just be happy that they had vaccinations that you could be that old. Right. Like, everyone (laughs) quickly forgets things when they disappear. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Megan and I, we're, we talk about being hippies all the time, and we're all for, like, there's definitely things that we are all for, but... 
there's also I also don't understand the people that are just like oh well Western medicine and it's big pharma and blah, blah, blah. yeah are there problems with big pharma quote unquote yeah absolutely but there's also a lot of things about Western medicine that keeps us alive. I just want to point out that 90% of these people, I mean, I'm not going to say all because I know it's not true, but like if push came to shove and they needed their Western medicine help, their asses are going to be in the ER. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're having a heart attack. You're going to the ER. You're not going to your natural path. So she can be like, just sing into this bowl. (laughs) <laughs> I have a I have a I have a very long lot of rants about um home births that follow a lot of the same. Exactly. <laughs> like Yeah. Can we not can we not go back to when women died in childbirth? It's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what whatever. This is again more more rants for another time, but I right. yeah. So we're talking about like the class levels in with the wellness culture, but then also like how do you view the whole wellness industry of judging of other cultures? Like I'm specifically thinking of um, like I just, you know, moved from Texas and the food down Texas is, you know, not with keeping with wellness culture and diet and everything. Um, so the biggest one that I think about is like uh, I, I kind of have a lot of like beef with veganism and it's it's. My issue with the vegan, and this is, I'm going to touch base on that because this is how I like correlate the two. So, you know, I'll see tons of vegans on online. They're just like, oh my gosh, how could you kill an animal? Oh my gosh, eat your ra- eat the rainbow, blah, 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 blah. And they like have zero consideration for the fact that there's entire groups of people, and indigenous is a great example, that use meat and animal products in an ethical and sustainable way. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to change their culture to fit with your weird diet culture that says that this is the best way to live life. Like, no, I've decided. And like, I know I'm a white woman, but I feel like it comes from an awful lot of white women <laughs> telling other people mm-hmm. how they should live their life. Mm-hmm. And and like, it's a it's a literal privilege to live somewhere where they where they ship fresh produce year round. And people don't even consider that. They don't even consider that there are there are places in the U.S. that don't have the ability to have fresh product. Like, like I live in a wealthy county. I live near a lot of really nice grocery stores. I can pretty much get whatever I want. But there are people that do not live like that. And we choose to pretend that it, like, doesn't exist while we're still saying that, like, our way of living is the best way. And if you can't do it, you're not trying hard enough. Right. And it's, like, you definitely have the way, the, you definitely have the right to live your life however the heck you want. But you, you should admit that it's a privilege to be able to do that. You should admit that because you have the money to live the way that you want. And I think about that a lot with veganism because... Now, I know there's always a debate, like, eating vegan isn't expensive. Look how cheap rice and beans are. Like, I get that rice and beans are cheap, but, like, you just, you don't. You don't get to comment on how other people choose to live their life, especially when it comes to cultures. Like you said, like, food is ingrained in so many cultures, and they don't need to change that just because all of a sudden you've deemed it not okay, because that's Mm -hmm. not what you want to do. 
So now other people shouldn't do that. Well, and even like, let's, let's say, okay, rice and beans are really cheap, but that's not the quote, like aesthetic that you see. And we, cause we talked about this on last week's episode, we talked about minimalism and how, you know, the way that influencers portray minimalism is very much has to fit with a certain aesthetic. And that aesthetic comes with a lot of privilege. And I see this as being very, very similar. Like you don't see people online talking about their vegan lifestyle and they're like, and I eat mostly rice and beans because it's what I can afford. And what I can get. And what I can get. It's like, oh yes, and here, and then I, I've got my, like you said, my rainbow of vegetables. And also I had so much time that I was able to make a colorful bento box from my child's lunchbox. It's all vegan. And I cut the cucumbers into the shape of flowers. And then I used uh, raspberries as the center of the flower. And I had all of this time left over to do this after making my vegan dinner. Like, and that's I, and I made my own nut cheese and And the other thing that like makes me so angry is that the people that say all this they're all like I get my 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 vegetables and there's no animal animals aren't being harmed I'm not going to kill my animals but they don't think like suffering is something that you can't get away with from food because (laughs) most food is either picked by people being paid slave la- like slave wages, mm-hmm. children working in mines, children doing chocolate, like the chocolate plantations. All of this stuff is happening around the world. Half the people that you want to build a wall to keep out are the people that pick your food, but you don't give a shit because like that's not the point that you don't want to talk about that part. You just don't kill animals. Like are humans also not suffering for your for your choices? Like, it just makes me angry because people don't want to... And I get, this is a lot of sort of side tangents, but you have to think about all of these things. If you're going to tell me that I'm not trying hard enough and that the best way for me to live is the way that you choose to live, but yet you don't think about all these other things, like, I'm sorry, I have no respect for you. (laughs) Right. If they're going to tell you that you're not trying hard enough because you don't have your Peloton and you're not eating your keto diet or your vegan diet or your paleo diet or your whatever diet is the diet of the moment you have to look at all of again all of the the systems that feed into the into the issues yeah yeah, yeah. but you would just be so healthy if you sprouted your quinoa <laughs> which also has its own problems because it is taking food away from indigenous cultures in Peru but no okay I was literally just gonna say that Megan like the the quinoa is a fantastic example of wellness trends that literally drive up the prices of like staple ingredients for people who have depended on it literally their entire life and now Mm -hmm. they can no longer afford the food that they have grown up eating because all of a sudden it's popular and they have to ship it out and yeah and or and then American farms start picking it up, and then their farms are decimated. It's like this giant cycle of these poor people who now can no longer eat it because we need to have a bunch of quinoa bowls topped with roasted rainbow vegetables. Like, it's it's annoying, and it's it's irritating that people don't think about that stuff either because that is all 
that all of this stuff is happening in conjunction with just, I don't know. Now I'm just rambling, but the world is going to explode. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I actually don't doubt that. So (laughs) you're not, you're not wrong, Brandy. (laughs) The world is ending. Welcome to my podcast. (laughs) Uh, We are, we are literally the gif of the dog in the house that's on fire, (laughs) drinking its coffee, saying everything is fine. That is, that's us right now. Basically. So pivoting a little bit, um, you, oh, we, as we were talking in preparation for this podcast, you said how you're really interested in the body neutral movement. So I'd love to hear more about what that means, both in general, but also for you specifically. So in general, so the first time I heard about it was actually from my best friend who said she was learning more about the body neutral movement. And I was like, oh, like, what is that? Um, and I started looking into it and I really liked what it was saying because it basically is that it's you're allowed to exist without thinking of your body all of the time one way or another it's like a morally neutral thing you it it definitely doesn't want you to think negative about your body but you don't have to love it you don't have to be like I embrace every curve and I am the most beautiful woman like you're allowed to just exist and be like yeah this is my body and you can, and it focuses more on what your body does for you instead of the way that your body looks. And because when you're focusing on the, ba- the way that your body looks, it's basically to try to meet some sort of societal standard. You know, like, am do I have a thick enough ass, but absolutely no stomach, and my waist is the, you know, I wear a corset to keep my waist the size of a soda can, but my boobs are as big as watermelons. Like, do I look perfect yet? And instead of trying to fit your body that, it's more about just being like, yeah, my body, it got me up today. I walked to the mailbox. It kept me going. Like, it's just more about being morally neutral to yourself. Like, it's just a, it's just a neutral thing. You don't got to love it. You don't, you don't want to hate it. But you don't have to obsess over it. I think that's a really good way to, to think about why people should actually exercise because it's more it, we're talking about health in general but it it would be like if i want to exercise it's to allow my body to do more things yeah so i just want to tell you i i was in a, i'm in a i'm in a group that has helped me a lot with a lot of different things and someone brought up the topic and they said intentionally losing weight is fat phobic and I was like, mm, no, it's not. <laughs> I didn't say that because I have learned quickly, you don't want to speak in this group unless you really know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a group where I sit back and I, and I learn and I listen a lot. But the thing that she then later explained was you can want your body to be stronger. You can want your body to be able to climb to the top of the stairs without losing your breath. You can want to train for a marathon. And absolutely none of them have to do with losing weight. Mm -hmm. And instead Mm -hmm. of obsessing about saying, I need to lose 10 pounds, what do you need to lose 10 pounds for? Because you just don't want to be fat. And if the, and if your answer is yes, and that is fat phobic, like that is fat. And like, you can be fat and be fat phobic. You, you know, if your idea is that you want to weigh 120 pounds, why do you want to weigh 120 pounds? I just do. It looks good on the scale. That that's a fat phobic thought. That's something that's been ingrained in you. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person. It just means like that is a fat phobic thought that is in your brain. So work more for your body 
on what you want it to do versus the number that you want to see. I really like this too, again, as someone that does have an autoimmune disease and also has endometriosis. Like I definitely have days where I am frustrated with my body and because it, I, there are things like I can't necessarily do, or there's just days where I'm in pain and that's just how it is. And so I like this idea of just feeling kind of morally neutral about your body. Like I don't have to sit there and be like, I'm in pain, but I love my body. I can just be like, look, I, it got me out of bed this morning. Exactly. I was able to take care of my daughter today. And that's fine. And I think that's a great way because I, I feel like the, I feel like the reason that it's body, body culture is like so, diet culture is so toxic is that we are obsessed with things. We're trying to control every small thing. And sometimes we have to just accept that we don't get to change everything. Like we don't get to be in ultimate control. Some days you're so tired you can't move and that's okay. Your body still was able to get you to the kitchen to get a glass of water. Your body still able you to hold down your medication. Like you said, you just, you don't have to be obsessed over it all the time. You don't have to constantly be thinking like, is, is this going to kill me? Did I eat an organic peach or was it unorganic? Am I going to die now? Like just exist exist slowly exist stop thinking that everything you do is going to kill you i mean it will but like <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert you guys everyone we dies will all die <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like what a life must you lead if you're constantly so anxious that you are surrounding yourself with podcasts and books all day talking about how everything is going to kill you like chill out just chill out you're gonna have to take a breather every once in a while and this is where I think the whole mental health thing comes in. Like, I think that a lot of people tell you to take my supplements, do this, you'll feel better. And I think that people need to really go more down the mental health angle than diet angle. But that could also be an entirely a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure, sure there's, you know, certain people who, like need certain supplements like iron or whatever that would actually make them feel better yeah. for certain reasons. But also, like, that's not what people are peddling out there. They're like, you have to take – what I can't even think of what it is right now. Ashwagandha <laughs> or some shit like that. Like, well, Yeah, or they'll say, like, well, you know, if you do this, you know, if you – um, you know, take our magnesium supplements, you'll have a clearer mind and your muscles won't hurt as much. Well, also maybe you just need to drink water. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have a, like a real problem that you should get adjusted. But like, or maybe you just have a mental health problem like depression and your brain is foggy because you're depressed. Like, these are things that people, I think it's easier for people to fall on diet culture than it is like mental health because no one wants to talk about mental health yeah and I think it's it's like it's it's when people you know go on their diet journey quote-unquote like it's supposed to be you know inspiring you're so you're you're so doing a good job and everyone's so excited for you and they if you say I'm on my mental health journey they're like oh yeah. Oh, What's she's wrong with you? Crazy. Uh-oh. Yeah. 
I mean, we talked about this a lot too, but it's like. Yeah. I was going to say too, the whole concept of uh, people getting weight loss surgery and they mm-hmm. think that they're going to be immediately happier and that they're going to have no issues with food the second that they're thin. And spoiler alert, none of that is true. <laughs> because your issues with food were probably rooted in your mental, something, you know, mentally versus just being overweight, like, versus just being that you don't have any self-control. And, like, it's situations like that where I'm like, y- you need to do, if you want to do both, if you want to make your body stronger, you need to make your mind stronger. Yeah. I think about this so much, raising a daughter. Like, and I mean, I think that it's, I think that it's super critical for boys too. Like Megan's raising two boys. And I think that, that diet culture and the wellness industry and all of, all of these things affect boys as much as they do girls in maybe slightly different ways. But just, I think about this so much now as a parent and even though she's not even a year old, like how am I modeling my relationship with food how am I what are the what language am I using um like just all of these things because I just I feel like I don't I don't want her to feel like you did as an eight-year-old I mean and and I think it's I think it's great that you're even thinking of that because I think 30 years ago most moms didn't have a concept that every time they didn't understand that every time they looked at themselves and they were like I'm fat I don't look good like mommy's putting on some pounds like all of those things are little tiny nuggets that are ingrained inside of your brain yeah I will say I will say fuck all day long in front of my child I will I do not like to say the word fat (laughs) like yeah yeah like because it's not I don't know. Like, to me, that is, it's a super, like, I, I just don't, I don't even like to be like, hmm, cat's getting a little fat, although the cat is getting a little fat. And yes, the dog is getting a little fat because Eden takes one bite of her food and then hands the second bite down to the dog. But, Let him live his glory. (laughs) Even (laughs) so, right, they're, like, living their best lives. But even still, I'm like, I, I don't know, like, and maybe I'm overthinking it with stuff like that, but there's just, it's, I, I just, I get in my head sometimes and I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't want her to ever doubt that her body is great no matter what size it ends up being. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up the fact that I have boys and it's still a problem because it absolutely is. Um, it's a problem in my house because my 13 year old actually, he's, very concerned about gaining too much weight um and (laughs) it's it's not something that he should be remotely thinking about right um I have to like force him to eat food actually it's kind of sad uh it's on the opposite the opposite end there but it's he doesn't I I hope he doesn't get that any of that from us but I know like he's in middle school and middle school is really rough and that's the kind of thing that they see, They see, especially because he sees, you know, the girls worrying about that. And so I'm sure the guys still, it's happening for them too. Right. He doesn't talk about it, but it's there. I mean, society definitely, like, even if you're doing the best you can do at home, like, society is going to pressure people 
kids and adults and any, you know, as well. But I think, like, having a good home base and being like, no, like, you can have days where you might be a little frustrated with your body, but, like, you don't get to hate it. And you don't get to call yourself fat because you ate a piece of cake. Like, all of that is, it's, I think as long as you're keeping that in mind, which it sounds like you are, like, that's great. Like, as long as you're not putting your eight-year-old on fucking Weight Watchers, like, you're golden. Oh, God. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm not the one to say the F word. But like. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. We've only said it like 15 times already. <laughs> Sometimes I just speak and then I'm like, oh, what did I say? So before we talk about joy, I, I want to ask a couple more questions from you. So first, as someone who has really directly been harmed by diet culture and fat phobia, what are a couple seemingly innocuous things that people say or do that you would love for them to not anymore? And then secondly, if a listener is struggling right now as a result of diet culture, what piece of advice would you give to them? Uh, so the thing that I always say is um, people have done this to me a lot and I've witnessed it to other people who are overweight. People would be like, you would be so pretty if you just lost weight. Like, your face is really pretty. First of all, I know I'm pretty. Like, you don't have to tell me. (laughs) And I'm not being smug. I'm actually a pretty person. She is. We are unbiased (laughs) third party. She is very pretty. But, like, here's the thing. I don't give a shit if you don't like the way I look. Because I'm not attracted to you. If you don't like me, I don't like you. Stop. You're not helping me. And if you if you say that to someone, like, thanks, I know I'm pretty, they'll be like, well, I'm just just trying to tell you because um, your health. And we've talked about this before. Again, I don't need you to judge me on my health based on what you think, based on your eyeballs. You're not my doctor. I don't, I don't want to talk to you about my health. Like, leave me alone. And also, if you see a picture of me and I'm wearing, like, um, you know, like a I have, like, a tankini top that I wear sometimes with, like, high-waisted. It's kind of like a bikini. People are like, you're so brave. I'm not. I'm just existing. I'm existing like you. You wouldn't look at, you know, you don't look at a Victoria's Secret model and be like, you're so brave. You're so no, you brave. bought a cute swimsuit, and you're like, I look cute in this swimsuit. Bye. I'm literally existing. I'm existing in life. You don't have to tell me that I'm brave for being what, fat enough to exist in a space in which is normally not seen by fat people? Like, it doesn't make me brave. That makes me someone who's tired of, of being off to the side. Right. Um, and, and I think for listeners, it's kind of the same advice. Like, you're, you're allowed to exist and take up space. You don't have to make yourself tiny and small because you think that makes it better. Like, you're allowed to be confident. You're allowed to wear a bikini. You're allowed to have a bad day. You're allowed to eat french fries. You're allowed to go for a run. You're allowed to lay on your couch and watch New Girl all day. Like, you're allowed to do all of those things, and no one can say shit to you. That is literally what Steffi did today. That is literally what I did today. (laughs) I took a mental health day, and I watched New Girl in bed. (laughs) I didn't know that, but I feel like we just we shared some sort of brain, like... We did. <laughs> Nick is my ultimate love. <laughs> I, you know what? I like flip flop between him and Winston. Oh, Winston is Art's favorite. Art is my He's husband. So cute. I just love him so much. He makes me laugh my ass off. I love when he's trying to do a prank. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway. <laughs> to, uh, you know, rabbit trail, guys, watch New Girl. It's great. Anyway. Yeah, it's fantastic. You'll love it. <laughs> Well, I think that's I think that's great, Brandy. You are fantastic. We love you, and we thank you for coming on and and talking about this with us. It's yeah, I I feel like we're like straight out the gate this year, like hitting some like kind of heavy topics. And I love when our guests are amazing and help us tackle them. Well, um, thank you for having me. I was super excited to talk about this because it's been something that I've been talking about with my friends for a while. And also the TikTok algorithm like has me down. So they're constantly <laughs> showing me like anti-diet culture things. And I'm always like, I, I don't know who's running the algorithm for TikTok, but boy, do I want it to be in every aspect of my life. Because it, first of all, it tells me things I didn't know about myself. And it only shows me <laughs> things I want to see. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. If only the other social media platforms could exactly that shit out. <laughs> have you listened? Have you ever heard of the podcast called Maintenance Space? No. You should listen to it. It is um, so. One of the hosts is also a co-host on You're Wrong About, which is one of my favorite podcasts. But he and his friend started this podcast called Maintenance Phase, and they actually sort of like myth bust all of these sort of wellness industry things. So there was a whole episode that they did about like the president fitness test or whatever from school. I hated that thing hated the worst so terrible um they just put out one I haven't listened to it yet but they just put out an episode all about like halo top ice cream and stuff like that so um you should check it out it's really good I believe that the uh the other host is the lady who does um your fat friend yes yes it is yeah on twitter and socials oh yes I know that Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that I um, I listened to a podcast. I listened to it the first time, uh, a, a different subject, but then this was about, uh, it's called The Dream, and it was about uh, the wellness industry, but uh, mixed in with um, multi-level marketing, oh. um, which I also thought was a very interesting topic. So that's a good podcast recommendation, especially if you dislike both of those topics. <laughs> <laughs> We love to listen to things that hate on the things that we also hate. I know. I just want to point out, by the way, that even though I'm super interested in, in all this diet culture and stuff, like, toxic things live in my brain, and I'm still sometimes, there are days where I don't like myself, and, like, it's a slow process of unlearning. So, like, I am a petty bitch as well. As much as I try to tell people to, like, you shouldn't be mean to other people, yeah, sometimes I have a gab session, and I know I shouldn't, but, you know. I mean, we already talked about it. no one's perfect, so... There's nobody out here who can't say, like, I love myself all the time, and I'm 100% a good person. No one. There are times I'm a literal trash monster, but, like... That's right. I'm a literal trash monster more often than not. It's fine. On one of my podcasts, I heard, like, this thing that said, like, let's sit crooked and talk straight. Like, that's how I, I try, <laughs> try to live my life. <laughs> that's fabulous. Oh, that's great. So, all right. Let's round it out. Let's let's talk about what's bringing us joy this week. Brandy, what's up for you? Um, all right. What is bringing me joy? Well, it's really, it's, it's kind of pathetic little things, but I just signed up for this milk delivery service and it literally makes me feel like I'm out of 1950 and I adore it and it makes me so happy on Tuesday mornings when I go to check my little, like, the little cooler and I open it up and all my dairy products are there. 
Oh my gosh. What? Do they deliver in a little in little glass jars? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. My milk comes in glass jars, guys. And you and you put the the empty ones out and they take them? Yes, they do. <gasps> oh my god. I'm sorry. I have to move to where Brandy lives because <gasps> they deliver it like overnight. So I'll be I want a little milkman to come to my house. Wait, what is this service called? Oh, it's like Oberwise and I think you probably have it. <gasps> oh my god, we do. They're like out of Illinois. Yeah, they're out of Illinois yeah. and Wisconsin, I think. Yeah. So like, so I get I have a little cooler that that sits on my front porch, and I set like, um, I have to do one order a month, which isn't that hard, and you just like my delivery day is on Tuesday, so every Monday by 9 p.m. I place an order, and then they deliver all of my deliciousness. And their ice cream is the best ice cream. It's like it's very good ice cream. Oh. The guy came around handing out samples. I was like, listen, I don't want what you're selling. And then he was like, try our chocolate milk. And I was like, you jerk. This is amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got I just me delivered with dairy. it. They <laughs> delivered to my neighborhood on Mondays. See? <gasps> and I just want to point out that they, they sell, like, a bunch of other stuff, too. Like, a lots of dairy products, milk. Um, but they have this orange juice. It's like Natalie's Organic or Natalie's. Oh, that's really good. Oh, I took a sip of it and I was like, it's like eating an orange. <laughs> I was I was suckered right on in, but it makes me happy. Like, I just love it. Going out, opening my little cooler. Like, I, I love it. That is great. Oh, I didn't even know. That. Okay, I'm obsessed now. They have yogurt and I didn't know they had yogurt. Yeah, I didn't know this either. I mean, because I know about Oberweiss because I live in Illinois and I've had Oberweiss ice cream before and they sell Oberweiss milk like in our grocery stores and stuff. But I didn't realize that they did like a to your door delivery service and also with these other products like Greek yogurts and stuff like that. Yeah, I got in this order, I got four pints of ice cream and eggs. Yes, I got eggs. I got some half and half. I got sour cream. I get H&H bagels because they have them. So I was like, yeah, I'll get some bagels. <gasps> it's so good. And I haven't ordered this, but I heard from my neighborhood. Someone said that they ordered a brown bag apple pie, which is like a thing. And they said it was so good, they ordered another one. And I was like, ugh, there's so many options. I'm sold. I got to try this cottage cheese oh my god the baby eats so much cottage cheese this is is bringing me joy (laughs) i'm so excited right now i was like they're totally gonna be like oh okay so you got milk delivered to your porch that's really joyful girl you know who you're talking to you know you know your audience you're talking to the right people here (laughs) so adorable my milk is in glass Uh, i love it so much oh my gosh that's amazing Megan, I know that obviously this has just brought you some joy, but what was bringing you joy prior to this revelation? Uh, So this is like super nerdy and like business related and no one will understand except Brandy will understand, I guess. Um, I just finished converting all of my recipes to one single recipe card. Uh, on your blog, yes. It was like hundreds of recipes, like I don't, so many. I finally, I just did it all manually, and it took forever. I just did it like non nonstop for like ten days, and so I finished today. I was gonna bring that up in our intro oh. conversation, but I was like, mm, I bet that that's gonna be her joy, and I don't want to take that away from her at the end. It's of- like a huge weight off my shoulders to have it done. <laughs> No, I mean I'm still you know, not done. I feel you. Yeah. It was it was a lot. 
I had all these plugins that I was able to delete. Uh, it was, but also now I never want to look at my website again. So, <laughs> you stared at good it. job, me. Far too long, <laughs> over it, cannot do it. <laughs> I I try to do things by like popularity, so I'm like, okay, the popular posts. But I shared something on Facebook the other day, and someone's like, it's not really like printer friendly, and I'm like, that's because it's not in the new recipe card. Damn it. Yeah, that's what I had. To, I was doing, like, all the, the really popular ones, and then I was like, oh, crap, and now I need to, like, because now this is my full-time job, so now I need to, like, be sharing more responsibly and, like, <laughs> actually promoting my website, and I was like, oh, look at all these, like, 10-year-old posts that look really terrible. Yeah, I feel you on that one. It's, it's, I'm constantly working on it, but congratulations. I'm jealous of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Steffi, what about you? So... Over the weekend, I watched Over the Moon on Netflix, and it is so cute. It's so cute. It is this little animated movie. The animations are beautiful. Um, It does have music in it, which um, Eden loves anything with songs and music, so she really loved it. And the story is so sweet. It made me, it made me cry because there is, um, of course, like in the first like five minutes, the mom of the main character gets cancer and dies. And so then like, but it's all about the girl like dealing with her grief and all of that stuff. But it is so sweet and it takes place in China. And so it talks all about Um, like the moon festival and like all of these things. And it's just, oh my God, I am not going to lie to you. Eden and I watched it like three times in 24 hours. It was (laughs) so good. 10 out of 10 recommend. It was so sweet. You have to watch it. I have not watched it yet, but the kids watched it without me. I, did they like it? I think. I don't know. They They were going to to watch it. I'll still like them if they didn't like it, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I didn't know it existed, but I will definitely take a look into it now. Well, it's funny because I don't feel like people have like really been talking about it. Um, like I saw a couple things go around about it, um, and I posted in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in. And I was like, "Why are we not talking about this movie more?" And a bunch of um, people were like, "Oh my gosh, yes, I love it so much. I watched it with my kids." Blah blah blah. Um, so yeah, I, I I just I don't feel like it's getting the like recognition that it deserves because it is so cute. I think maybe it was a movie that was going to be released in theaters. Maybe. And then they had to move it just to Netflix only. That might be. Because um, I remember seeing stuff about it like a, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then very like small things about it leading up to it. But it's also like I follow Netflix on social media. So I, that's where I saw it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely worth a watch. Very, very cute. So that's what's bringing me joy. Woo. We got got dairy, recipes, and movies. What more do you need? (laughs) We got everything you need right here. Everything you need. Everything. So in keeping with our resolution topics this month, a common New Year's resolution is to read more. So we thought next week would be the perfect time to talk all about books. We'll be talking about some of our favorite books and why we love to read. Until then, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd Rather Stay in Podcast at gmail.com. 
We'd love to hear from our listeners. Bye.